Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established. Welcome back to the Men's Divorce and Cordell Cordell podcast. I'm Scott Trout, managing partner and CEO of Cordell and Cordell. And we're continuing to bring you information that is vital and important to you when you seek an attorney who practices exclusively in family law. And I use the word vital because we're going to talk about information. We're going to talk about what do you give to your attorney? What do you provide? You know, what do I need to do when I go to that first consult or I've retained them? What is the things that uh, we have? And so I'm joined by Dorothy Walsh-Ripka up in Colorado. Welcome. Hi, welcome, Scott. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Uh, so let's talk about it. You know, yeah. guys are uh, going to the attorney and what are they supposed to bring? Let's kind of start from the top and what should they expect really? Because, you know, it's the unknown. We kind of know when we go to a doctor's office, dentist's office, right. first time, we know what we're going to have to do. You know, the, the dreaded clipboard with a pen and have to fill out, uh, you know, 97 sheets of paper. So what do you do when you come to the office? Well, it's interesting you you uh, use the example of a doctor because we need to know your history too. And one of the things I always tell clients is, what do I need to know? I need to know everything. Not really. Just kidding. We don't want to know all of the details of your life. We don't want to get into the dirt. We're not trying to be nosy, but we there, we do have to learn a lot about who you are underneath what the you know the numbers and um, what what the um, do- documentation will tell us, right? So it's really important for us to understand goals, and we're going to finish up with goals. But I want to mention that first off, because goals are really what we talk about from the beginning of your case here at Cordell and Cordell. It's also how we gauge the success of your case and making sure we attain what's individually important to you. And that varies from person to person. And so what I wanted to really talk about first is making sure you understand that, um, you know, when you hire an attorney, it's not like hiring a surgeon where they put you out and you lay on the, you lay on the operating table and they do their business and they tell you what they did at the end. It's not like that. Um, this is a partnership. This is teamwork. And if you don't participate in your case and you don't get us the information we need and you don't listen to the advice, um, then it's very difficult to reach your goals. So yeah. that's part of what I wanted to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, you know, it, obviously we want to know who you are, but the, the history, as you said, is so critically important. And um, in some of the seminars we give around the country, we have one coming up in uh, Nashville, we have one in Indianapolis, we have one in Kansas City, and one in Atlanta coming up. And if you want information, go to cordellcordell.com. You can show up at the seminar live, uh, and you'll hear from a panel of attorneys, and you could ask questions. But the point is, is in that seminar, I make mention that sometimes the smallest of facts can be the most important of facts. And so we t- talk about that history, and it may be um, you know, a lengthy conversation. So tell me, I always say, you know, tell me what's going on talked about history, what roles did you play, you know, and we'll kind of move into the goal section, but in order to understand, it's like doctors kind of triaging you and trying to get a medical history. They want to know what's going on first before they can effectively diagnose and treat. And that's kind of the plan we have as well, albeit it's not like he's going for surgery, like you said. So I think that is important history, right? I agree. And I, I like to have the client uh, write write me a, a history. That way I can refer back to it if I need it. And the thing I always say is if you aren't sure if it's important, 
tell me, because I can't tell you in doing this, you know, you know, we've been doing this a long time, Scott, and doing it as long as we've been doing it, I'll be at trial and something will pop up that I never anticipated would be an issue. And I know about it because I read it in history. And so if you're, if you're not sure if it matters, tell your lawyer, that's, right. I think, really important advice to hear. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it is the tiniest of things. And I always talk about keeping a journal along the way because a day in the life, that's what we're trying to examine is the day in the life. And not only in the past, but the present. And as we continue on in your case, which leads us to talk a little bit about what are the custody arrangements? Some of you don't have kids and we may talk about other things and we'll get to that about you know money and property. But if you have kids, we want to know not only what's going on now, what was historical roles, what did you do and kind of what's been happening since you know, you've come in the door or filed. I agree. And I think knowing not only what the current arrangement is, because sometimes people get trapped, right? We're separating, you get stuck with something you didn't really want. So what's the current arrangement? Do you like it? Is it going to work long-term? And it's, again, we circle always back to those goals. Is this one of your goals to have a different parenting arrangement? And what's the history? History is most likely to dictate the future. And if you want a different outcome in the future than history, we need to talk about the things you can be doing to step up and make that happen during your case. And again, if we don't understand the history and the goals, we can't really give you that advice, right? Yeah. It's the same thing as money. You know, what's going on currently? Are you living in the home? I always talk about don't move out or, and again, that is fact dependent. So it's not an absolute, but we want to know who's paying the bills. What's the arrangements? Are you giving money to your spouse? Is she giving money to you? Uh, what's happening here in terms of who's controlling the bank accounts? We kind of get a history financially of what's going on and what kind of support you may be providing. You may be moved out and you may be sending child support or you may have the kids She's sending you child support. We want to know that, right? Right. And we want to make sure you're documenting that. You mentioned keeping the journal and, and the journal is very important. And then supporting documentation. So in your journal, you say sent $200 today. Well, print out the Zelle or save it to a PDF. Give, give us some documentation that backs up your journaling too. And that can be really helpful because the documentation is sometimes hard to come, come by if you don't really keep it contemporaneously. Yeah. So having that, that idea in mind from the beginning really helps your attorney help you stay organized. And, and kind of, I think the point of this podcast is to not only give you a heads up what's going to be discussed, but perhaps even... Uh, preparing like so that I can prepare for that meeting and then kind of leads us into talking about what do you have? What property do you have? Um, I've had some of the most, you know, ultra prepared clients walk in the door with a three ring binder showing exactly where the property came from. They acquired it here. They brought it into the marriage here. This is how I paid for it. They've got proof of it. You know, here's an IRA that I had at the time of the marriage. Oh, and by the way, it's a statement from, you know, 1994 that shows the value on the day of the marriage. I mean, we want to talk about what do you have and then kind of evaluate what's marital, maybe what's separate and, and what's going to happen with that, right? I agree. And that's one of the things that we want to talk about really early, determining if you had most states consider separate property, as you know, Scott, something you have by gift or inheritance during the marriage or something you had prior to marriage. But the states have different requirements for what's called a tracing and for you to prove separate property. Always we need to really start on that early. Because unless the other side's just going to say, sure, I agree, which does happen, but it's rare, um, then we need to have the documentation. And sometimes that takes a long time to trace down or to track down, especially if it's old. 
Yeah. I mean, it goes for real property is, is kind of the start where we talk about, you know, land or a home. Uh, we figure out what do we have to do? What's the mortgage, the debt that's on it? We want to ask that question just because that will affect a lot of the conversations and negotiations as well. And, you know, what's happened. Maybe you, I mean, there's a scenario in which you said separate, I walked in with the house, but we made improvements or I took a loan out. I mean, there's all of these factors and equations that may go into it in terms of what we recommend with it. But financial stuff, uh, what do you own in terms of money, retirement, pension, uh, checking, savings, debt, that is so equally important. I know it seems like a lot when you're in a first initial meeting or even a second meeting, but it's so critical to give you the best advice. That's why we've always said in a podcast, we can't give legal advice. We can kind of tell you what the law is, kind of what our experience is, because we're only, you know, a couple points through and we don't have all that information in order to adequately make a decision. It'd be like a, a doctor, you kind of give me one symptom. So he's just going to conclude, oh yeah, you have to have a bypass surgery when, when you know, you're going to have to do blood tests and other, you know, cath and understand what that is. And I mean, I guess that, you know, when we talk about financial accounts, that gets a little bit more complicated because we want statements to show values, right? Absolutely. And and looking at it, really, the job that's going to be upon you if, if you're hiring a divorce attorney and going through this process, the job we're going to give you probably in the first letter we send you is to create start creating these financial documents and what are called financial statements that have to be filed with the court. And some clients don't take that as seriously as they should. And I want to reiterate that this is a document you're going to swear under oath that you will be asked about later throughout the case. And frankly, it creates the roadmap for you and your attorney to not only determine your goals, but also to determine how you reach those goals and what documents are needed. And I, I think that, um, you know, it's really probably after the initial consultation, your preparation of the financial statements is so key because no one's a bigger key. No one's a bigger, bigger expert in their own life than themselves. You can't expect your attorney to be like, here's what's going to happen. I know everything. We need that participation and you as the expert need to complete those documents. And then us as the experts in law will help you determine and make sure it's a legally appropriate document, but we can't do the, uh, the heavy lifting. That really has to be the client. And the last podcast I did, and you uh, you haven't listened to it really talks about how do you save money in fees? Are there ways where you can kind of self-help? And this is a great way. Um, I'm in the middle of a case now where, client doesn't have a lot of time to do it. So we're going to have to go and go to these bank accounts, IRAs, and really dig and spend a lot of time and money to do it. But as you suggest, you can be ultra prepared. If you have time, you can gather for us. And there's a fine line between admissibility of some of the things, whether it can be brought into court or not. But initially, as we're just evaluating, that's so, um, so very key. And it kind of leads into the conversation about Some states have the notion of what's called separate property. You've heard maybe community property or marital and separate. Part of this process is for us to evaluate, one, is it potentially separate or is there a separate component? And if so, how much? And then lastly, what do you do with it, right? Right. And that, and that's really document driven. Like I said, there's a chance that your significant other spouse will agree. Oh yeah, you, that's grandma's inheritance. But most of the time, if you're going through a divorce, that's not going to happen. And we cannot count on that happening as your attorneys. We have to really be prepared and knowing, okay, here's all the information we need. And we're going to spell that out for you really quickly. And that's where, you know, again, task oriented, absolutely. As you said, if, if a client says to me, I don't have the time or ability to do this, 
we can definitely pick up the ball and run with that. Yeah. But we also want you to be as active and participate in your case as you want and can be. And so that's, you know, that's really the fine line between where the expert opinion comes in legally versus you as a client figuring out how you can best participate and, and inform and teach your attorney about what you have in, in your financial accounts or mm-hmm. your real property, et cetera. So, I mean, you alluded to it early as we began the podcast and you talked about goals and that is so critically important because I mean, I'll always say, you know, in a number of ways, we can just be specific and say, well, what are your goals here? Um, but generally, I try to say, look, if you had the power to make the decision and that decision happened, and you waved your magic wand, what would you walk away with and what would you want? Tell me what that would look like. Tell me what your ultimate judgment would look like. And that's kind of how I started because uh, we want to know if we can meet your goals because at the end of the day, you know, I've said, Divorce is not about winning, it's degrees of losing. And everyone walks away with less than what they started. And so we have to figure out what it is that's going to kind of be your ultimate goal. It could be custody, it could be money, it could be property, whatever that is. You got to, I, I, I would imagine you agree, goals, hugely important. I, I absolutely agree. And that's why I said you keep coming back to it. You have this discussion in the beginning and you hear what the goals are and whether or not we think those are reasonable or not in the initial consultation, they may not be reasonable four or five months in. Something major may have changed to, to shift your ability to get custody or to, to decrease your maintenance award. And so it's really important to keep reevaluating those, you know, with your with your client or, you know, for those listening with their attorney, because it's it's not something that's static. And it's also not something that's generic. That's one of the things I think in doing this 20 plus years, I've noticed I will show a client, well, this is a standard parenting plan. And they don't read the the provisions. They just read the parenting time. And I said, and I want to remind you, this is really key. This is what dictates, for instance, what happens with your kids for the next however many years, 18 years, for instance. And in that case, extracurriculars, medical expenses, uh, vacation, ability to travel outside of the United States, those things are all impacted in this one potentially 15-page document. It will control your life. And it's really important you say, Hey, this doesn't say anything about passports. I go to Spain every summer. And that's what that's what I'm talking about. Not just accepting a form that's put in front of you by someone, really getting proactive and making sure you're talking to the attorney about what you want. Because I, I don't practice in a state where there are form parenting plans. We go through each paragraph and we craft those individually with our clients and make sure that those meet their goals. But some states have more of a form or a requirement to use a form. And so um, it's important that you're still reviewing those and determining if you need to uh, talk about changing what might be the form or the standard parenting plan, as an example. I mean, the goals are, are continually they change and they mold and they, they shift and it's not a straight line. Um, I, you know, I, in the middle of a case where our goals, I think I've changed a dozen times as we kind of realize as we're accumulating these things and we're like, okay, look, this is where the judge is going to go. So let's kind of shift our focus. So it shouldn't be. And I think it's important as you suggest is if you have an attorney, it's one of those where you may want to have a goal of meeting every 90 days, something, Hey, let's just revisit where we are. Is it, can I get, can I accomplish it? You know? And if not, is there a way to, to kind of get there? And so I think that's important. So great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining Dorothy. It's great stuff. Any good prep material for information before you go see your lawyer. So thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, continue to tune in, check out uh, our YouTube channel, which is 
full of not only our uh, live town halls that we have every month, but also these podcasts. And if you haven't subscribed, you go to Apple iTunes, subscribe, you'll get notified when a new podcast drops, do it every week. So tune in. Also go to our website, cordellcordell.com or give us a call, 866-DADS-LAW. Until next time, have a great week.